Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, make sure you subscribe to Five Reasons YouTube. If you weren't, you couldn't have found local coverage of the Mike McDaniel hiring on Sunday night because nobody else breaks into programming. We do on Five R Live, so subscribe to five reasons sports network on YouTube. It's not just the heat. It's the dolphins and all the other teams in town. Also five reasons You just need to click on that. You don't need to subscribe, but an article there from Louis Sung about what Mike McDaniel brings to the dolphins and also the latest takeaways and more from Brady Hawk. Unlike the papers, we do not have a paywall. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. This is a new sponsor, and this is for our South Florida residents, because you know in South Florida, we're always waiting on the next hurricane, right? Okay, well, this is the place that you go to make sure you're prepared. All Pro Construction Builders, if you're looking to protect your home or business, make sure to contact All Pro Construction Builders. They specialize in impact windows and doors for residential and commercial properties. All Pro Construction Builders is a state-certified licensed and insured general contractor. They service Miami-Dade and Monroe counties, okay? And they only use locally-made products, American-made, they're family-owned, And you will only deal with an owner from start to finish, okay? Competitive pricing without compromising service. Make sure to contact them for a free estimate. And if you mention Five Reasons Sports, you get a 10% discount. So this is protect you from a hurricane and more. All pro construction builders, contact Danny at 305-484-4429. 305-484-4429. Again, it's all pro construction builders. Check them out on Instagram. And now, tonight's episode. Down the uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. What we're going to do today is we're going to set the table for what's going to be a big week here on the network. It is trade deadline week that comes up on Thursday at three o'clock. Some stuff has already happened over the weekend. We're going to discuss the two trades that could have some impact on the heat. We're going to take a look at possibilities, whether it's they make a decision to move a major player like a Duncan Robinson for someone significant, or if they just look for PJ Tucker protection by moving other players on the roster. And we'll get into what we think the likelihood is after this tonight. We'll have more episodes here. Obviously, we're going to do an episode off the Washington game on Monday. Uh, and, of course, Thursday night they play the Pelicans before they come home. But we're also going to have a lot of programming on the YouTube channel. It's going to be a clutch corner on Wednesday. There's going to be a Bahama Rican boys crossover with Feel the Heat. I believe that's on Tuesday. Full court press on Wednesday. Full, uh, we go, uh, you know, with, uh, with <laughs> I can't remember the name of that one. Floor's yours. We go with that one on Tuesday as well. So tons of streaming program on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribed in addition to this podcast. But let's just get to it here. Um, let's go to the two trades that have already happened. 
uh, in the NBA and, and what you guys thought of them and how they impact the Heat. Let's start with this one, Alex, today. Karis LeVert traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for a couple of picks. Uh, the contract of Ricky Rubio, who was playing really well this season, but of course got injured and was going to be out the rest of the season. So that's simply to make the deal work. And that was an expiring but they get Karis LeVert to essentially replace Colin Sexton, who probably won't play for them again because he just signed with Clutch. Uh, and so he's, he's probably on the way out anyway, and he was injured. And, of course, uh, they had to replace Rubio with Rajon Rondo. So this gives them another scoring guard in the backcourt. Do you like it for Cleveland, and what, what do you think the significance of it is for the Heat? I do like it for Cleveland right now. I just think, like, between losing Sexton and Rubio, it's pretty easy to point out. Like, they're just missing other guys who can actually dribble and make plays for themselves and for others. And I think that's kind of been my whole thing with looking at Cleveland as a potential playoff opponent and just kind of seeing, like, they're probably going to – I was looking at it as a team is going to send all their defense at Darius Garland, and nobody else on that team can really even, like, dribble, right? <laughs> for as much defensive talent as they have and as much all-around talent they have to be able to – kind of be this pretty good team in the East all season long, hang around with teams that are that were supposed to be a lot better than them as far as the standings. And uh, adding a guy like this, who even though he's had kind of a little bit of a down year, is very talented. They could run him off the bench if they want to kind of minimize any issues that may or may not come up playing him only with Darius Garland. Like, I just think that's the type of move that they needed to make, even if it's a little bit risky, even if it's not a guaranteed, you know, uh, all-star fit or anything like that, I think it's a good trade for them because they will be in the playoffs and they need somebody else who can actually make plays. And that's what it comes down to. And I think that with the type of defense they've got there, like that's the type of move that I think makes a lot of sense for him and for them. And as far as the Heat, I'm not really sure how it affects the Heat other than obviously Karis LeVert himself is now off the table because that's one of the Pacers players. Because it, it seems like the Pacers are going to, you know, have a fire sale. <laughs> over the trade deadline. Maybe it does happen. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, obviously now LaVert is off the table there. And other than that, I'm not really sure how it affects the Heat. I, I'm, I just don't really think Cleveland is a huge threat compared to these other playoff teams. Greg, the way it may affect the Heat is that when you have trades early in the cycle, and this is a little early in the cycle. I mean, the deadline is Thursday. It kind of sets the guidelines to a certain degree. Teams see what other teams are giving up. Every situation is a little different. But there is a market setting thing. And also, it sort of gives you an indication that it may be an active deadline, which I'm not sure we believed uh, for sure. But it does look like there's going to be some activity here. There are a lot of teams that think they have a chance. I, I mentioned this on one of the streams that, you know, <laughs> coming into the season, one of the reasons that the Heat overpaid for Kyle Lowry and they acknowledged it was because there were so many teams in on it because there were so many teams who thought they were competitive for a championship. I think now, basically, we have a situation where there are a lot of teams that think they're competitive for the, at the very least, the playoffs that have not been in a while. Cleveland is one of them. Uh, they went for it. Toronto, I, I, you know, obviously won a championship recently, but I don't know. I liked them. I took the over in Vegas on them before the season. I thought they had a nice core, but I don't know that everybody thought they would be this competitive at this point. Uh, so there are there are a lot of teams in the NBA who I think are like that. They're kind of right on the fringe. So what what do you think it signifies beyond what Levert brings from a basketball standpoint, but kind of where some where the East may be now in terms of activity and and also what it means for Miami with its assets? 
Yeah. So there's a few things I think to, to unpack here. One is I think it will be a, an, a more active deadline than we predicted. And, and why is because there's this mix of teams that think they can contend for playoff spots. And you have teams that have to take on salary like Oklahoma city. You have teams that are trying to shed salary like Boston trying to get out of the luxury tax. So it's like this mix of teams with different agendas uh, and also teams that are trying to right the ship, whether it be Atlanta or New York, that, you know, may try to make a move just so that they, they can kind of turn things around. So I think that that blend uh, lends itself to teams being pretty active. And I, and I maybe a month and a half ago, I would have said, no, it wasn't going to be that way. Uh, as far as setting the market, like, let's be honest here. Cleveland just got Karis Levert for very little. Like Ricky Rubio is basically just an expiring contract for a player that is hurt they got a lottery protected first round pick and then they got another second round pick um and they had to give a second round pick so that cancels out one of the two seconds they got so essentially for a first and a second a lottery protected first and a second they got Karis Levert and so in terms of setting the market I think you're going to see teams give up guys that have a lot more talent than you would expect and draft capital and just moving off money things like that are going to provide enough incentive for teams and you may find some teams stealing guys. Cause to me, like this is a steal for Cleveland. He's a talented player. Um, I still doesn't think it moves the needle in terms of Cleveland being a contender in the East, but, uh, but this kind of transaction I think is informative as to what other teams who think they're in the mix can try to get done uh, you know, in the next four days. Well, it's a steal, but it's not a steal compared to the one out West, I think. And, and I don't know that the one out West has a lot of bearing on the heat other than the fact that it included Justice Winslow. But I, I do think it, it, it jumped out to me because, again, how little it took to acquire Norm Powell and Robert Covington, exactly. right? And, and I mean, I, I think now we're like 72 hours from that trade having happened. And I still don't really understand it other than Portland's in full tank. And they obviously decided they couldn't. Uh, get more for them individually and they just wanted to make the move but it also I think the way it could impact the heat is that CJ McCollum could move to a team in the east maybe it's uh, uh, you know New Orleans has been mentioned out west but maybe Atlanta consolidates some things maybe there's some other teams that could look at him uh, Charlotte could certainly consolidate for him so I think it could affect somewhat in that way if he ends up coming east I don't know how much of a needle mover he is but maybe for the right team I thought Cleveland although they didn't really have the money was a problem with Cleveland might make a run for him. Cause he's from there. He's from Akron. And I, I thought that that would be a push, but, but that, that, I think that set the table for me in terms of you're right. Like you're going to get good players for very little right now. Like this is, and we've had the opposite over the past couple of years to get a Paul George, you basically had to give up your entire draft for the next four years. Um, and we've seen that with many teams. I don't think it's going to require that much this time. All right, we're going to pivot here to the heat. And when I come back from the break, we're going to get into the two options, because I really think there are two options for the Heat. There are options within those options, but there are two options, which is go big, okay, and move Duncan Robinson, and I'm going to make the case against it, okay? Just letting you guys know. And then there is, uh, and then there is the go smaller option, and basically it's called the preserve P.J. Tucker option, okay? So we're going to get into both of those here on the podcast. Before we do, though, we just told you how to prepare yourself for a hurricane. Well, there are some things you can't prepare for at all. Okay. They just happen. Right. And for that, you got to reach out to water cleanup. Okay. You have an insurance claim because you got water damage, mold, fire damage, 
You got to find a reputable, fully licensed and insured certified contractor. This one's based a little bit further up the coast there in Boca. Water cleanup of Florida. They're here for you 24 hours a day when a disaster strikes in your home or business. You need specialized, fast, and reliable service. Water cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress that an unexpected disaster may cause. They got 60 years of combined experience. Michael, Robert, and their team that can handle any size disaster. They're third-generation contractors in South Florida, so they want to maintain their sterling reputation. Make the cleanup and insurance claim process as painless and hassle-free as possible. It's a one-stop shop. You won't need other contractors if you hire them. They'll handle it all for you. Reach out to Michael on his personal cell, 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. It's Water Cleanup of Florida. And you know that, well, first thing, check them out on Instagram. They're at Water Cleanup of Florida on IG uh, as well, uh, Water Cleanup Florida. But we know the tagline here, right? If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right, back here on five on the floor. And let's see, this may take some guts also. I was looking at some of the numbers that Christian Hernandez was posting, our friend over at Heatbeat today. And uh, I mean, they're striking because there's an eye test thing with Duncan Robinson this season, which is, you know, that there are games he just doesn't give you much. I mean, there are games that he shot the lights out more on the road than at home. And there are other games where he's one for six and Eric Spolster doesn't play him beyond the first stint in the first and third quarters. But all of their lineups look better with him in them, particularly the lineups that include Jimmy and Bam. And so to me, and I'm going to set the table, I'm going to let, I don't know where you guys are both can come in on this because I, I feel like Alex has been more of a supporter of Duncan's than Greg's. Uh, but, but I feel like, Greg, you've kind of gone back and forth on this a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you roll with this. But I'm going to start with my initial thought. You can get a good player for Duncan Robinson right now, I believe, in this market. Okay, I think that there are teams that view his contract as palatable, movable again if it needs to be. And I think that perhaps the right team, we mentioned how trades could affect. Clippers got a lot of wings now. Maybe they can move Marcus Morris. Okay, obviously the Marquise situation plays into that. So, you know, you can maybe get a Marcus Morris. You could maybe get in on Harrison Barnes, depending on what Sacramento likes wants to do, which is something that, that, uh, that Alex has talked about here. And there are other players that will pop here over the next couple of days. But to me, it's about this, okay? The Heat are not counting on Duncan to finish games. I mean, Riley's answer to my question before the season told you that. And the way that Eric Spolster has been basically ninth or 10th in the team in minutes per game in the fourth also tells you that, okay? There are four slots on this team to me that are taken down the stretch. All right. Bam, Tucker, Lowry, Butler. I think Tyler is the fifth most of the time, but Oladipo could eat some of those minutes. And then we also seen that Struess, Vincent, and Martin have all played and played well in the fourth. So there are options. So to me, if you're going to trade Duncan Robinson, it's only because you're trying to improve your closing group. Because Duncan creates space for Bam and Jimmy that is necessary in the opening group. So you have to get somebody who is going to definitively close. And the problem with all of these names that match his salary, who may be available, is I do not see a definitive closer in there. I think Marcus Morris could close some games, but are you taking P.J. Tucker off the floor from him? No, and you can't play him with P.J. and Bam. I, that's not a workable lineup to me. 
Harrison Barnes, yes, he's played some three in his career. Maybe that might work. I don't think they could get in on him. He's a name that I would consider. But all of these others that we talk about, Christian Wood, no, he's not going to play down the stretch of games over P.J. Tucker for a team trying to win a championship. He gets blown up on defense. I think that, that, that to me, there is not the name out there, Alex, that, that says, I'm going to trade Duncan for this guy. And that's basically where I come down on it, just to kind of sum everything up. I just feel like even Harrison Barnes, like you kind of alluded to, the guy that I've been most open to thinking about uh, as far as actually trading Duncan, because like you said, I, I, I've kind of been in the same stance. Uh, I The more I've thought about it, I, I've just kind of gone more towards that. I just think because of what you said, it's like these guys, although you could say, like I mentioned before, Harrison Barnes and Marcus Morris, I, I I do think both of them, you could, in theory, play them next to PJ and Bam. Obviously, that's not where their main role would be. I think you could do that for stretches. I think in a game where, you know, all those guys, in theory, are playing well, you could do it. And, you know, it's a matchup thing, like it always is. But that's not really, like, if that's the selling point, that's not a great selling point. And I think a lot of times, they're probably not going to be closing, especially when you talk about, the type of guard talent you already have, the, the guard talent you're going to get in Victor Oladipo and his upside, because I do think there's a pretty good chance he could turn into uh, a, a pretty consistent closer at some point, uh, whether this season or next. I just think it's it, it becomes really muddy to try to figure out their their role, right? Like a, a four like that. And I think Chef Trilly said, uh, said it on Twitter today that like those guys, you could say, are better overall basketball players than Duncan Robinson. But Duncan Robinson's fit, the impact that he has on the Heat and their specific guys, in my opinion, just kind of outweighs that. And uh, yeah. me and Leif talked about it last night a little bit. And I, I, I'm still there. Like, I really have tried to think about it the other way. I've always been somebody who has loved trades, you know, loves the team building stuff. So I always get, I get sucked into it. And so I try to, like, play devil's advocate with myself. But I, I still always come down on keep Duncan for this season. We haven't seen him enough with all the main guys yet. I still see what's going on with his impact. And Spo, even with the amount of times that he's been able to take him out of a game and play him less minutes and rely on him less than he has in the past couple of seasons, he's still running a lot of those same actions and he's still doing them a lot. Even with Lowry back, even with all the creators on the floor, they're still running a lot of those same actions. And whether it gets Duncan Robinson a shot or not, they're getting a lot of good offense out of it. And so if Spo, despite everything, is still doing all this stuff, like, that tells me, you know, they're not going to be willing to – Spo, I don't think, is going to give them the green light to to trade Duncan for a player of that caliber that I think we're talking about is it's just my opinion. And yeah, as a result, no. it's not going to happen. Uh, I mean, I hate to to be boring and build consensus here, but I don't think that they're, that they're going to trade Duncan Robinson. I think that ultimately they're not going to go there. So we can just say that. If it happens, I would be shocked um, because of all the reasons you guys say. Uh, I, I think putting the label of that they would have to acquire a closer is almost impossible because of the guys they already have. I just don't know that there's anybody out there that would even be viable as a closer. Um, the only thing that I think gives me a little bit of caution is I think about like, what the hell do you do if PJ Tucker goes down in the front court next to Bam in a, in a playoff series? But, what but the hell is, do you do? Well, like, but that, like, okay. But, but that we're going to get to that because I, I, I think that is kind of the PJ protection option we're talking about. But I, I, that doesn't necessarily require 
You're right. Brady, and that's Duncan why Robinson. And, and, and you're I mean, right. so, so that that's why I'm saying like, if we're, I think all in consensus here that there isn't a move that would make the heat significantly better for a period of time, particularly the closing period of time, than they are with those opening minutes with Duncan in the first and third quarter, getting Bam and Jimmy into their rhythms because of the, the space that he creates then I don't see them pulling the trigger. I think the only way they would pull the trigger, and I don't know that this would go over well with Heat fans, if it's, if it's financial in the sense of you're trading a guy who's got this many years left at that money for a guy who's got fewer years left because you're looking at the future and you're saying, I've got Jimmy on the books. I've got Kyle on the books. I've got Bam on the books. And I'm going to have, if he's still here, I'm going to have yeah. Tyler on the books. And so getting yourself out of that one year, maybe a player has got a team option in the last something. They can do that this summer, Ethan. But see, that's the reason I see. That's the reason I, I want to build the hype on this week because we know that it builds our numbers, but I, I don't, I know, <laughs> but, but honestly, I don't, I don't, and, and it's fun, but I, I don't see a player. Like, I don't think like if Marcus Morris is the baseline here, like he's a very nice player and we know, and Adams reported this, that they, they thought they had him a couple years ago. Okay. So they, they are in on Marcus Morris. They like Marcus Morris and the Clippers have a glut of that kind of player right now. And they actually could probably use Duncan Robinson, even though they already have Luke Kennard, but I just don't. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. I think I just can't, I don't see Marcus closing enough on this team to make it worth it, Alex. Um, so honestly, I think Gad said this in our in the five reasons chat, and I, I think it was a really good point. The Clippers are a team that downsized a lot mm -hmm. uh, last season, and all of a sudden, like, have, are really are more than capable of doing that with a lot of pretty good players now. And so maybe they are the type of team that wants to keep all of these, but I feel uh, financially they're probably going to have to move on from one of them, whether this season or next or, or it, you know, Doesn't it summer. depend, Alex, on what – because I'm a little confused at who they think is coming back. Like, I, because, you know, I, 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 that you make that trade anyway, right? Because, I mean, yeah. you're getting Norm yeah. Powell for nothing, right? So for you're next taking, year, yeah, like, exactly. Right. You're setting but, your well, starting lineup for next season. They traded somebody who they drafted in the first round this season as well. So, I mean, no, look, he's talented. He's got upside, but yeah. he's 19, you know, I mean, exactly. So we, like you guys alluded to earlier, earlier in the show, like you're, these guys are, I mean, these teams are getting talented players for a first and a second. And like these first that aren't, you know, extremely valuable, right. It's not like they're getting lottery picks here. So that's definitely fair. And that's why I think that's what kind of why I understand um, when, when you look at that fans wanting to make moves, but um 
like Morris and Barnes, like I said, you can play them in different types of lineups. I think Barnes, I would prefer him because uh, because of just the skill and the, the processing stuff. Like I feel like he doesn't really hold the ball too much where Morris has kind of had that reputation, even though he's become a, a very good shooter now and he's kind of been in that role. So he knows what, what, what it would take. I feel like Barnes would be able to fit uh, easier into the the heat system of constantly well, it's a, it's a moving States. and processing, but it's, it's a lot. Like they rely on Duncan a lot, even still, even, mm-hmm. even with him playing less, I, it just seems, it seems out of the cards for this season. I mean, he played in a golden state system, you know, and, and this is the closest thing to a golden state system that exists in the league. So, I mean, he, he, I think he can handle it. I do think you can make an argument. He'd be one of their five best players. But I just I don't see taking PJ off the court, and that's that's the thing. If you're not going to take PJ off the court, then then you're, you're you're playing a lineup that's a little weird up front, and then you don't really have the spacing because you got to get Jimmy in the backcourt with Lowry. It doesn't yep. seem to make a lot of sense. All right, but PJ Tucker is a factor here because he's out on an island right now. All right, and so we're going to talk about that next when we come back on five on the floor. Before we do, I want to tell you about our product code. It's five RSN. Hey, everybody saw everybody like running at the Miami Marathon this week, which was kind of cool, right? This weekend, well, they had a booth, gets the lease. They had a booth right there at the convention center, okay? And so a lot of people coming up and checking it out. Why? Because it replaces your electrolytes, okay? And why do you use our code, 5RSN? Because you get 10% off. So go to getsalise.com, replace your electrolytes in a healthy way, not a pounding Powerade way, okay? Go to getsalise.com, use the code 5RSN. That same product code can be used for therapist preferred for premium CBD, whether it's the gummies, the tincture, the sports cream for recovery, for sleep. I use them for sleep. Uh, go to therapistpreferred.com, use the code 5RSN. And for all your grooming products and plus your cologne, deodorant, all that stuff, go to manscaped.com and use the code 5RSN there as well. It's number 5RSN for 20% off. So all of those codes. All, excuse me, all those products with one code, 5RSN, therapistpreferred.com, getsalise.com, and manscaped.com. We'll tell you about prize picks here to close. But before we do, I think we can agree, though, that there's one hole on the roster right now. And, and I don't know that this was a hole before the season. We just don't know if Markeith Morris is going to play again. I mean, speaking of Mar- Marcus, I mean, for, we covered this a little bit uh, the other day, but uh, Greg and I, but like, it was weird. Again, you know, Barry and, and Anthony, uh, to their credit at the Herald, filled in a lot of details that we have kind of alluded to here on the podcast about sort of a difference of opinion, maybe between the team and, and Markeith in terms of the severity of this, the risk of this, the liability of this, uh, the injury. Barry and Anthony filled in a lot about the pre-existing condition, which I was not aware of all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, and then the stories came out, they got aggregated and Markeith did what he does, which he did to me a couple months ago where he said, soon I'll be back. And of course he's not back, uh, which he challenged the reporting of, you know, that, that was done out there this time at the Herald and basically said, you know, that he's been cleared and that everybody's concerned. So in other words, there is no dispute. That being said, Greg, I don't think you or I think he's playing anytime soon for the Miami heat. And, and I don't know. And we talked about this on before floor the other night. I don't know that him coming out publicly and saying that he was cleared is necessarily going to help the process with the Miami heat. Cause we know that they don't like that stuff getting out into the space. Right. So no. what would you, what would just based on your information, I don't want this to get aggregated. So I'm being careful, but like, do you expect him to play for the heat again this year? I really don't. I mean, so like, let's just think of it this way. If he's cleared, 
then he should be available to play in the next game. And I know that they keep listing him as getting into conditioning shape or whatever on the pr- like designation in game. Can, before. I, I had never seen that either. It's essentially like we're getting him in game shape. I mean, how long can you give a player that designation? Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's a little um, by him coming out and explicitly saying he's been cleared. Then at some point you have to ask, when is he going to be available? Because it really was apparent to me. It smacked me in the face as a viewer of the heat when Caleb Martin was unavailable the other night. Uh, and just like what it looked like behind in the front court behind PJ. And, um, and so that's where uh, I don't expect Markeith. And I, I think that it wouldn't be smart for the heat to bank on Markeith being any sign, any kind of main contributor going forward. So that's where, as I've kind of dug around, I got less names that lined up with Duncan Robinson's salary and a lot more names that were more consolidation moves where the Heat could maybe pull together a couple of uh, players and and find a, a plug-and-play guy that would be able to maybe not be in even the playoff rotation, but at least you'd have an available player. And some of them have more upside than others that would work. Um, should I hit the list now? Before or- you get to the list, I want you to get to the list, but before you get to the list, because we're going to debate the list, what would a package look like? So what are we talking about? Casey Akpala, Omer Yurtsevin, and what? I mean, is that, that a... it's tough. So when when I pulse checked that, I heard a lot of it's Keith and KZ, and that's it. And like they're being really um uh frugal past that. And so that to me tells me that they're not really going after guys with uh with vigor, you know what I mean? But because like Yurt Yurt wasn't mentioned in the conversations I've had future draft assets were, were not mentioned, but that doesn't mean that that won't change. So, I mean, I think that it, it's obvious that some of these moves, it would make sense for Omar Yurtsevin to be included. When we go through the names, it'll be more apparent. And obviously I also don't think Riley would necessarily get so attached to a pick if it could close a deal on the right player. But so they don't have that um, many picks though. That's the th- I mean, the second, no, it's I'm- true. And a future first, like at this point it, and they don't have a lot of seconds. So it's like, it almost would have to be a first. And that's where there could be certain teams that maybe have things that Miami um, would deem valuable. And you'll see a name like that, uh, like in Oklahoma city, something like that, right. where, um, there's other incentive to get a deal done. Um, but ultimately, like uh, it, it, it probably is not going to be a player that is any kind of in any kind of playoff rotation. All right. I do want to go through the list. But if you take a look at that package, let's say if you're not including Yurt or you're not including a Gabe Vincent or one of these or a Struess or uh, or a, you know, I'm a Martin's a little bit of a separate weird deal here, but particularly Yurt. I mean, the benefit to another team to taking Casey and Morris is what? That their contracts expire, essentially? Is that it? Yeah. And taking I mean, a flyer it's, it's on Casey to see if yep. you can. And, and that's where I think that a draft asset is going to have to come into play because why the hell else is a team going to even consider this? Um, and I just think that the Heat will likely, if they have to lean in the direction of a player that can contribute now versus a draft asset later, they're going to give away the draft asset that later. Um, there could be an exception to that with Omer in certain spots. But other than that, I think that they would give up a pick before a player. All right. So give, give us roll the list out to us uh, all at once. Yeah. And then Alex and I will go through. Them. So there's PJ Washington and Charlotte uh, coming off that game. That was a name that was buzzing. Haha. Uh, <laughs> get it. Buzzing Hornets 4.2 million is what he makes. Uh, Nick Batum is uh, out in Clipper land at 3.1 million. 
Uh, Rui Hachimuri is in Washington at 4.9 million. Um, Tori Craig is in Indiana at 4.8 million. And Mike Muscala is in Oklahoma City, 3.5 million. And the last guy that I think is just, just keep an eye is Paul Millsap, 2.6 million. They're trying to find another home for him. It's probably going to be Atlanta. At least I, I have a feeling that he's going to end up in Atlanta. That's where he's working out. But he fits the position. So I just think that's not any based on Intel Millsap. That's just a name that makes sense. The other, the other names I've actually heard, uh, you know, either one way or the other have been, you know, have came up as bigs or plug and play players that Miami could potentially look at. Well, Alex, most of those names that he'd have looked at before uh, Batum, they, they've had conversations with this off season. We know that PJ Washington, they liked before the draft and there's a relationship there with hero and with bam. Uh, so that, that one plays in Hatchimer. I haven't heard with them before. That's the most interesting one to me. And we'll, we'll so we'll pivot back to that one at the end. Tori Craig. I know they've been in on before they've liked him for a while. Indiana's maybe blowing things up. So, well, it appears they are blowing things up. So that would seem to be an attainable piece. Uh, perhaps who else am I missing? Oh, and, and Millsap. Well, we know there's a history with Millsap. Um, but you know, again, I Mike Muscala and, and Mike Muscala, they've been in on before. Okay. They, they, we talked about him at the deadline last year. So, so uh, before uh, Hachimura to me is a separate conversation. Well, Hachimura and Washington to me, maybe because they obviously were high picks. Uh, but, but of that group, Alex, just give me one that you like the most. A, a, would any of them be worth mm. giving up throwing in Yurt? Because I think that's really what the conversation is here. Damn. You gave me a couple of tough ones there, putting me on the spot. Because I was actually going to say, overall, I like the type of names that you're throwing out here. And I like what you're talking about, where it's a type of consolidation move. And I, I like these names, man, especially with these younger guys like Rui and and P.J. Washington. Because it's like if the type of trade package you're talking about, those are probably the guys that you have to throw in Omer for. And I think that's debatable. But I would totally understand it if they did that. Like, those guys were recent first-round picks and have been in the rotation for their teams since they've been drafted, right? Like, and that's, you know, not that that's a very high baseline, right, or anything like that, but a lot of guys just don't pan out. It's not one of these first-round picks that just hasn't done anything, right? So I think getting a, a type of talent like that, it's for a, a package. And I, I, I know that, like uh, Leif said, they haven't really been in on throwing Omer into a deal yet so far, at least from what he's heard. But um I would understand that. Now, the other guys, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't throw him in there for. And I'm not like super high on him, or anything like that. I just think, um, try to stick to that smaller package. If it's like a, a veteran uh, player, just hold on to the young talent. I do like Tory Craig. I, 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 I like him as like a, another defensive type of guy, but I do think they have so many really good defensive players already. And it, it, like, he is a four, but he is another one of these smaller fours. Yeah. So, uh, maybe I would probably hit, put him towards the bottom, at least for this season, right? Because I, I do like him in general as, like, a cheap guy. Then Muscala can really shoot the hell out of the ball. So if you just want another uh, – if you want to stretch big, you can throw in here and there. You're not – I guess they don't really believe in Michael Potter to be that guy right away. Um, you know, you could do that. Like, I don't hate that. I don't hate any of these ideas. Just getting another body you can throw into the rotation. I'm out on Millsap, in on Batum, and yeah. Well, Muscala reminds me a little of the Bielitsa thing. Um, I would just hope if they got him, he would arrive in better shape than Bielitsa right. did. We didn't want to be here from the first moment. Uh, the, I've always liked what Batum would do in this kind of a role. The, 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 the knock against Batum was when he got paid, he got lazy. 
but you know, again, he's, he's played well in spurts. I think he would give you minutes. He's not an alpha type, which is, we talked about this team being full of alphas. He doesn't really fit that designation. Uh, the two most interesting uh, are the two most obvious to me, which are, are Hachimura and, and Washington because of their draft status, because there's untapped potential. And because in both cases, I don't like Alex said, it's not like they can't play like the, the, the obviously Hachimura has had some personal issues there and some issues with the team. It's been a confusing situation. Uh, it doesn't seem like they view him totally as part of their, their young. I don't know what they're doing, to be honest. I never know what they're doing, but I mean, they Nobody made a good trade, this, they made a good trade this off season, but they've <laughs> sunk down towards the bottom of the East. Like I expected them to. And then, and then you look at Washington, it just feels there like it's just a roster construction issue. Like they, they've got a lot of good guards and wings and, and Kuzma any, emerged. Yeah. And they don't have any bigs to play with them. Um, and, and so I, 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 that, that one, it seems to me like, it would make the most sense. Um, I like PJ I, Washington most personally. I, I do too. But Greg, I guess the question is, is I, again, we're talking about him just being basically a backup for Tucker and essentially. But then he could become PJ Tucker. How about that? Look at that. Right. This is the optimist in me. They're, they're going to say I'm toxic. Well, what, what, what was I called on the timeline the other day? Toxic optimism is what I, uh, the, a toxic optimist. Uh, PJ Washington is uh, under the tutelage of PJ Tucker and becomes the next PJ in line. Well, he's actually got more raw talent than PJ Tucker does, but, but I don't know that anybody has PJ Tucker's mentality. It. Uh, I, I, I think he's worth a flyer. I, I guess the question becomes this. Okay. And this is the whole thing. And this is a whole nother debate that we've had many times. Okay. Is how attached do you get to the players that you develop? Because the reality is yurt is found money. Like, I mean, he's in his mid twenties and you've got somebody here who might be attractive to somebody else. And Heat fans will freak out if he becomes a player somewhere else. But we've had this, we've had this conversation so many times, nobody gets better after they leave the heat, nobody. And so we always do this. And to be honest, they do this internally where they've held on to some guys again, Tyler Johnson and Hassan Whiteside and others that they've developed. Uh, and when they could have just found another one and some would say they just did the same thing with Duncan. Okay. And, and I guess that that it just gets back to the same debate. We always have about the heat. They're so good at developing these guys. Like I wouldn't put it past them to find another yurt in a year. And that's not to say that yurt hasn't been a revelation. Okay. Any guy who's putting up those kind of rebound numbers in the NBA night after night after night, but it, it's kind of like, you know, guys, they're asset manufacturers, essentially. And we talk about them not having picks. This is why they don't have to trade for second round picks because they find better players undrafted, as does Toronto, than other teams do in the second round. So to me, if you're trying to win a championship and it means you're giving up on the potential of Yurtsevin, who came out of nowhere, and you're adding a piece that's going to protect you in case P.J. Tucker misses a week, I, I might do it, honestly. I mean, Did if you do you're serious... Because I think he's the best like vet option from the ones mentioned there. I I, I, I don't know that I would do it for Batum, but Batum is the best of the vet options. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, but you're in on doing something like that for like Rui or PJ. For Rui and PJ, because there is you're getting more upside than you heard. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, yeah, I'm with right? you. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you get and something you're plugging to build the position. You need to plug because exactly you, we know we know that Spolster doesn't really want to play. Bam at the no, Mare is a five for as much as people, <laughs> right? Right, and Bam and is not a four, no matter play. how much people want him to be a four. And I know even Spo Justice said it, Spo will tell you Bam is a five, right? 
So, and we just saw the other night, okay? When Bam wants to be a five, he's a five, okay? Like, give me that seven of 21 again, okay? I'm fine with it. I don't want to see another five for nine with no shots in the fourth. Uh, but but I, I just think that if you can get a guy who plugs a hole here, you're trying to plug the last hole on a team that you think can win a championship if it's healthy. I, I, would, I would give up Yurt for either of those two guys. I don't know that I would do it for Batum. I certainly wouldn't do it for Torrey Craig. Um, Millsap to me is, I mean, here's the thing about Millsap. Okay. And I've always liked him. I think he's cooked. Like, I mean, he couldn't beat out Aldridge or the two other old guys, Aldridge or Griffin with the, with Brooklyn. I don't, he's like a tweener. Like that's like like you trade. Like if you tell me we're going to give up Casey Akpala and punt on that experiment for Paul Millsap. All right. I'll accept it because maybe you could trust Millsap. (laughs) But um, but otherwise, like it's you're not giving up anything to get Paul Millsap. KZ is more of a four than Millsap at this point. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, like That's I don't want to play Millsap at the five either. Like he's like right. a tweener in the worst way. Like he's still got some game to him, and, and I respect him in his career. But it just uh, he's a very good NBA that. player. But it's not. You guys are being so diplomatic. He's just not good anymore. I mean, I, I would have loved Millsap on the Heat so many years there. And even, like, maybe a year ago, man. Like, it's just gotten ugly quick. And maybe it's just playing around, that you know, that Brooklyn defense. Maybe it's not as bad as it looked. You know, that's the optimistic look. But Did you watch yeah, it like, today, by Casey the way? might be more ready to plug and play than Millsap. Yeah. Oh I wouldn't God. rather be the Nets, and I wouldn't I would rather, not be, rather the be the Nets. Oh, my God. I, that is – talk about a bleep show. That is uh, – that is unbelievable. That's okay. We know ESPN tomorrow is going to. They're just going to trade attention. for their problems. They're just going to trade their problems to each other, and it'll all work out. Well, that's pretty much going to happen. I mean, ESPN is to vote all its time to two play-in teams: the Nets and, and the Lakers, and one uh, non-playoff team in the Knicks uh, tomorrow. We 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 will. Uh, we should mention this before we go. Congratulations, to Eric Spolstra. I think for being named All-Star coach. Uh, you know, again, I had to spend a hundred nights in Cleveland. He can handle a weekend. I think. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it is an honor. Uh, it is an honor. And I think what it does, it speaks to this, the Miami heat, like have hardly had their team the whole year and their coach is the all-star coach and the Panthers and the heat had all-star coaches in the same year in South Florida. That has never happened before. I can absolutely guarantee you. And the dolphins actually have a coach. They do look. I'm excited about that. And Team Durant can now become Team Jimmy if Spo wants to put him in the starting lineup, provided that Team Durant drafts Jimmy. That's the key here. Well, I got to. And that Jimmy plays. And Jimmy plays. Well, I yeah. I think Jimmy would rather Tyler is going. And by the way, don't rule that out. There's a possibility that Tyler still may. That's that. why he was saying that? Because he just he wanted Tyler to go instead of him? If I'll just say this. If Jimmy tweaks an ankle in the next couple of days, there's going to be a push to get Tyler on the team instead of him. Let's just, let's just leave it there. All right. Thanks to uh, Alex and Greg. Thanks to our sponsors, all pro construction builders, also water cleanup. We, we got everything for your house today uh, of Florida. So check that out. Our five RSN sponsors uh, use that code. It gets the lease.com therapist, preferred.com manscape.com and the code five at prize picks F I V E at prize Super Bowl week. I don't know that anybody's really juiced about the Super Bowl, but if you play prize picks, you will be okay. So get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred bucks. Prizepicks.com. Use the code five. Trade deadline coverage all week long, whether anything happens or not, and plenty of dolphins coaching coverage on the YouTube channel. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.